Good to be in church today. Great time in church. Uh, excited about what's, what God is doing. Uh, that whisper that you just saw, that's Wednesday night saying we're really focusing especially on parents that have teens that are in middle school or high school because you got to bring your parents, you got to bring your kids anyway to uh, church. So uh, we're kind of trying to build a community there for some of you adult parents. So really take advantage of that. If you grab your inserts today, we're going to continue the we're going to continue the series <clears throat> called Love Like Jesus, and that's bringing hope and healing to the wounded, fractured, and divided world. Have you noticed that anger in our nation, how many would say it is definitely on a rise? You turn on the TV and its pundits are yelling at each other. How many remember last week at the Democratic uh, debate? You go on the internet and people dissing and demonizing each other. It just seems like we're more and more divided, that we're more and more polarized, that we're more and more fractious and fractured than ever before. And what I've been preaching on the last two weeks is how are we supposed to act? How are we supposed to react as believers and followers of Christ? What change, what impact can we bring to where we can be agents of love, agents of unity, agents of harmony, and bring God's peace to this world? How many want to be on board with that? The last two weeks, um, I, I, when I was praying about this sermon series, through the night one time, I heard these four things, and we've been preaching on us the last few weeks, but I heard to do that, we need to treat people with dignity. Everybody say, treat people with dignity. Number two, celebrate diversity. Number three, share the space. Let's say that together again. Treat people with dignity, celebrate diversity, and share the space. Say it again. Treat people with dignity, share the space. Today is going to be be a peacemaker. Hit your neighbor, give him a high five, and say be a peacemaker. All of us want to be happy, all right? How many want to be happy? We want to be happy. Sometimes it's hard to be happy when all this is happening around us. So uh, in Jesus' first sermon, it's in Matthew chapter 5, he preached a sermon known as the Sermon on the Mount. And in this portion of Scripture, in there, right in the beginning, he has what's called the Beatitudes. How many have heard of the Beatitudes? He has those Beatitudes. How many Beatitudes are there? Everybody say eight. Luke, you missed that one, buddy. We're going to look at the seventh beatitude. My son hadn't been paying attention in church, you can see. We're going to look at the seventh beatitude today. Everybody say blessed. blessed. Say it again, blessed. blessed. In the Greek, that word comes from the word makarios. And makarios means happy. So really when you say blessed there, it's happy. It says happy. Everybody say happy are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Notice that we're a family. Our nation's supposed to be our family. Our neighborhoods are supposed to be a family. Our church is supposed to be a family. So when God talks about peacemakers, he calls them sons. Because Jesus and the ones he makes holy, we have the same father, amen? And the scripture says that he's not afraid to call us brothers and sisters. So I think it's interesting when he says peacemaker, he uses sons of God. And what that means, guys, is we are keepers of the unity. We are keepers and carriers of the unity of Christ in our nation. And I want you to rise to that occasion. So happy are the peacemakers. 
Well, before we can talk about peacemakers, to me, we have to understand what peace means. Um, what is the definition of peace? You know, the world defines peace as the absence of conflict. But that's much different than what scriptural peace is. Because scriptural peace is so much different than that. Scriptural peace is not the absence of conflict. Scriptural peace is the presence of righteousness. Now, right now, you might be saying, well, I don't know what the presence of righteousness means. Hang in with me in, in here for just a minute. In other words, we can have conflict in our life, but we still can be at peace with God. So what is this presence of righteousness? What is this, this, this righteousness in the, that we need to have peace? Scripture says that Jesus is righteous, that Jesus is our righteousness. He, it even says how he gives us his righteousness. So peace, get this right here. So peace is not the absence of conflict. Peace is the presence of someone. Peace is not the absence of conflict. Peace is the presence of someone. And that someone is Jesus. How many know that you can be having a storm, but if Jesus is on the boat, every little thing's going to be all right? One of the greatest peace scriptures in the Bible is this. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in a green pasture. Peace. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. Peace. He leads me in the path of righteousness. And then it says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For thou art with me. Your rod and your staff, you comfort me. Thou preparest a table. We sang about it today. Thou preparest a table before me in the very presence of my enemy. I can be surrounded with darkness, but Jesus prepares, prepares a table in the very presence of my enemies. And he anoints my head with oil, and my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And somebody say, I will. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Give the Lord praise for his scripture. So don't worry. Let's be happy. Come on. For every little thing is going to be all right. Come on, say it again. So don't worry. Come on. Be happy. Sing it. For every little thing is going to be all right. I love it. Everything is going to be all right when we are with that someone. If God be for me, someone say, who can be against me? So peace is not the absence of conflict. Peace is the presence of righteousness, the presence of someone. And that someone is Jesus Christ. Jesus said... Jesus said, powerful scripture, John 16, Jesus said, these things I've spoken to you, that in me, that's where we're at, you may have peace. That's in, it, we have it when we're in him. The, in the world, you will have tribulation, troubles, conflict. They're going to arise. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. So that says me and you, you and me, is how you have peace, and in Christ, we've already overcame by the blood of the Lamb, and He's given us a word of testimony. Some of you may be in the test right now. 
And it, you're in the money. Oh, God, it's tough right now. But guys, we've got to learn to praise him in the good times. We've got to learn to praise him in the bad times. We've got to learn to praise him and, and have a good heart and a good perspective and not have a fat lip and a bad outlook on life because God is on the throne and he inhabits praises of his people. The Bible says, you might want to write this down, powerful scripture. Thanks be to God who always leads me to triumph in Christ. So what is a peacemaker? A peacemaker is one who carries or brings righteousness, Jesus, or the right thing into a setting or a space where there's fighting, there's difference, or there's conflict. So that space could be several different things today. Where is that space that there might be conflict? Where is that space that there might not be uh, peace in that place? Well, a peacemaker, what he does is where there's fighting, difference, and conflict, a peacemaker is a diffuser of the fragrance of God. How many have diffusers in your house where they just diffuse a beautiful fragrance? Peacemakers are diffusers of God's grace, of God's knowledge, of the right thing to do, the right thing to say, the right perspective to have. We are carriers of Jesus. We are carriers that bring right into wrong, that bring justice and that brings mercy into justice. We are God's army of peacemakers. When we, diff when we diffuse that, he brings in the right. Most of us, we have been peacekeepers instead of peacemakers. There's a big difference. You know the difference. The difference is a peacekeeper is always like, oh, don't upset the cart. Oh, we got to keep everybody happy. Oh, man, I got to talk just this way to my husband or I got to act just this way to my kids. Man, I don't want to cause any waves. I, I got to walk on egg sales. I don't want to upset anybody. That's a peace, trying to be a peacekeeper. But God hasn't called us to be a peacekeeper. He's called us to be a peacemaker. A peacemaker. A peacemaker resolves conflict. A peacemaker doesn't avoid confrontation. A peacemaker is a warrior. They're not a wimp. A peacemaker has to be very strong and very courageous. Because anybody in this church like conflict? I hate conflict. But I know in this world, we're going to have tribulation. How many know we're going to have, anytime you get two people together, how many know we're going to have conflict? Anybody out there say, oh me or amen? Okay, we're going to have that, so don't think it's strange. Don't think something's wrong with you. But uh, we're going to have it. Peacemaking doesn't come from avoiding conflict. Peacemaking comes from resolving conflict. Let me say it another way. Having peace... Is a, is, a, is a desire that we have. You know, we all desire to have peace. Making peace is a decision. Having peace, oh, we all want peace. We desire it. But making peace, you have to be a peace. Here's the emphasis, maker. We have to be a peace maker. A peace maker. It's a decision. Many want to sit there and just hope it goes away. But it takes courage. A peacemaker brings Jesus, the righteous, the right thing into a situation. We make peace. My dad used to say, let's make hay. When we grew up on the farm, when you, 
bale hay. Let's make some hay, boys. Let's roll up our sleeves. Let's work. Let's make hay. Let's get some action. When we make peace, the Bible says we make peace by sowing righteousness. Look at it up on the screen, James 3.18. It says, now the fruit, the fruit of the right thing, or the fruit of sowing Jesus or the right thing into your marriage or whatever situation, it's sown in peace by those who make peace. The only way to make peace is by sowing righteousness. You know, we all want the tree to produce a fruit, and we all want the peaceable fruit of righteousness, but remember that the seed is in the fruit. The seed's in the fruit. So not only do we want to have the, the fruit, the seed's in the fruit. And unlike Bloomberg, uh, making fun of farmers, I think farmers are really smart, personally. There is more to farming than just digging a hole, sticking a seed in the ground, and covering up, and that kind of stuff. But, how many know it takes time for a seed to grow? Sometimes we want fruit now. We, we've been... Things going on in a marriage for 15 years, and then we start doing the righteous thing, and we start bringing Jesus into our marriage, and we're like, how come this isn't changing? Right, we do things for a response. Brothers and sisters, you can't see a seed grow sometime, but the Bible says it starts to spring, it breaks the ground, it starts to spring up, then a blade, then a, then a, root, a root, then a blade, then a stem, and then the fruit comes. May I encourage you today? To keep, everybody say sowing. Keep being a sower of righteousness. Okay, number one, a peacemaker. A peacemaker is a sower of righteousness. That's the first thing I want you to get down today. Here's the second thing I want us to get. How do I become a peacemaker? It's by carrying the righteousness into every area. Oh, I, I put down a few things that I wanted to put on that. So let me stay just a minute longer on this on bringing righteousness have this thought have this thought carrier of righteousness think of it i'm a carrier of righteousness everybody got that thought in your head i'm a carrier of righteousness i bring righteousness into every situation because i'm a peacemaker all right peacemaking starts on a personal level you have to bring peace and the right thing into your own personal life that you're experiencing conflict and that you don't have peace. If you're having inner conflict and you don't have peace, we have to bring the right thing in our personal life first. To me, before we help others, we got to help ourselves. Amen? If you're experiencing sinful anxiety, if you don't have peace because you know stuff you're into, it's not good. It's not good. You're not going to have the peace of God if the righteousness isn't sown first. The Bible says there is no peace, says the Lord, for people that are wicked. So in other words, the first thing we got to do is bring righteousness into your own personal life and let's get rid of some stuff. Are y'all with me? Enough said on that. Enough said on that. But isn't it so wonderful having a great exchange? I can take my sin. This is biblical. I can take my sin. When you see the lamb in the Old Testament and they put their hands on the lamb, that was a transfer of their sin to that innocent lamb. Jesus is the lamb of God. There's a great transfer that happens. You can take all your mistakes. You can take all your failures. You can take all of the things that Ken said. He lived in a shame cycle. 
And you can take all these things and you can put them on Jesus. And he takes that, he bore that, and he gives you his righteousness. Listen to this scripture. The Bible says Abraham believed God and it was put into his account righteousness. So how do I get righteous? I'm a mess up. I make mistakes every day. I mess up every day. How do I bring righteousness? Put your sin on Jesus. Accept that great exchange. Accept that great exchange. And he gives you his righteousness. How do I do that? Believing. Guys, here's the thing. Don't think, don't think the great exchange only happens one time. The devil always trips me up with that. Is I think that I make that great exchange personally on things in my life. And then I think I'm never going to fail again. Guys, you're crazy if you think you're never going to fail again. And when you believe that, you're just setting yourself up for failure. You will fail. You will fail. So some of you may be, well, I'm still fighting the same things I started when I was a, just came to Christ years ago. Keep putting it on Jesus. Keep putting it. He doesn't get tired of exchanging, taking your sin and giving you his righteousness. Does somebody hear me today? He doesn't get tired of that. The Bible says you can't frustrate the grace of God. The only way we can frustrate God's grace is when we believe it's not for me anymore. Man, you have hope today. What areas are you, what areas are you experiencing conflict? Personally, bring righteousness in that area. Are you experiencing conflict at work? Bring righteousness in that area. Are you, are you, are you having conflict in your finances? Bring righteousness in that area. You know, people want to claim the promises of God and have the blessings of God on their finances, but they violate principle, and they aren't givers. Give, and it shall be given. Pressed down, shaken together, and running over, shall men put into your bosom. Bring your first fruits to Jesus. Don't give your second and thirds to God. Bring, honor God with your wealth. So if you have conflict, and you have constant conflict in your finances, then righteousness isn't in your finances. And that's why we teach this stuff. That's why we're teaching Dave Ramsey right now. Bring righteousness. Bring righteousness. Bring the word. Bring God's way. Bring righteousness into your marriage. Bring righteousness into your work. Bring righteousness into our nation. Bring righteousness. We're carriers of righteousness. Now I can go on. So to a peacemaker... The second thing about a peacemaker is his thoughts and actions are focused on God. Did you know there's 31,103 verses in the Bible? I counted them this week. I didn't have anything else to do. <laughs> Preachers don't do anything but play golf and sleep in until 10. And then, there, and then there's this verse. And then there, there's, there's, there's 31,103 verses in the Bible. Okay, then there's 15,551 verses. And then there's this verse I want to tell you about. And then there's 15,551 verses following it. So there is a verse in the Bible that's the middle. The very middle verse in the Bible. Guess what it is? You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him. Because I trust in the Lord. That's Isaiah chapter 26 verse 3. Say that with me. Is it on the screen? Say that with me. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind 
is stayed. Stayed on you because he trusts you. So a peacekeeper is we, the way we stay in perfect peace. We bring righteousness, but how do we stay in it? It's by keeping our thoughts completely on him. We keep our th- th- thoughts focused on him no matter what. No matter what the doctor report is. No matter what our future says. No, no matter what our bank account says. No matter what our situation says. No matter the more we show love and we try to sow uh, uh, goodness to people, the more I'm hated. No matter how much I'm trying to do good and it gets worse and worse and worse, we walk by sight. We walk by faith, not by sight. And we keep our mind. If we're going to have peace, we've got to keep our minds focused on him. You do that with Scripture. Peacemakers don't worry about anything. Instead, they pray about everything. Peacemakers tell God what we need, and then we thank Him for what He's done. And then the peace of God, which surpasses understanding, guards a peacemaker's heart and guards a peacemaker's mind through Christ. And finally, a peacemaker whose mind is stayed on the Lord, whatsoever things are true, Noble, just, pure, lovely. Whatsoever things are good report. You know, if there's any virtue, I'm going to think on that. If there's anything praiseworthy, I'm going to meditate on that. See, we nitpick the bad. Word says meditate on a praiseworthy thing, on a virtuous thing. Don't tell me you can't think of one. (laughs) Oh, there's one that tests me. But I even thought of a good one on one that tests me. And I'm not going to say any more. But I think on the good things. And these things which we've learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, look at this, and the God of peace will be with you. Every single person in this church needs to write down Philippians 4, 6 through 9. New Living Translation. That is the peacemaker's mindset. The mindset of the peacemaker is also James chapter 3, 17 and 18. And I'm not going to read that one. You guys can read that on your own. So a peacemaker is first of all, a peacemaker first of all is a carrier of righteousness into any place that there's division, conflict, or uneasiness. The second thing is a peacemaker keeps his peace By keeping his mind stayed on the Lord and not what's going on around him. You guys might want to write this down. This is something I live by. I do what I know, not what I feel. That's the way it started with me 30 years ago. The Holy Spirit came to me and said, Brian, do what you know, not what you feel. Because a lot of times what you feel isn't what you know. Most of the time it's not. Emotions screw you up, man. Do what you know, not what you feel. And I've even added think or see. Or see. A peacemaker has to be like that. But when we're bringing righteousness or the right thing into the, second, into the situation, and number two, we're keeping our minds focused on him, then number three, his peace will rule and reign in our lives let me say that again his peace will rule and reign in our lives say it in that with me his peace will reign rule and reign in my life in my life personalize that in my life okay and here's what's cool god gave me this message and then he showed me this scripture later and i was like 
Wow. Look at this. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but a peacemaker's kingdom is this. How many want to live in God's kingdom? A peacemaker's kingdom is this. Righteousness, peace, and then finally, joy. Joy. Remember, blessed, blessed, blessed are the peacemakers. Happy are the peacemakers. Joyful are the peacemakers. Anybody here want some joy, want some happiness in your life, want some blessing in your life, want some rest in your life, sow righteousness, keep peace, and then joy will flood in your spirit. Joy of the Holy Spirit. Know ye not that you're the kingdom of God? How many know that the Holy Spirit dwells in you? There's a joy in the Holy Spirit to those who are sowing righteousness, keeping their minds stayed on Him, there's perfect peace. And there's joy in the Holy Spirit. The Bible says, now brothers and sisters, that's kingdom living. That's the life that God wants all of us to live. If you're mopey or depressed or or sad all the time, this is the life God has for you. Look at this scripture, Romans 16, 19, and 20. I love this. It says, I want you to be wise. In the Greek, another word for wise where it says, I want you to be wise Another word in the Greek says, I want you to be excellent. I want you to be excellent. I want to challenge us today. I want us to be excellent, Alex, at what is good. I want us to try to be excellent. As believers, I want us to strive. I want us to work at it. I want us to to think about it. I want us to be excellent. At what is good and innocent of evil. Why are we innocent of evil? We're bringing righteousness. The wicked will perish. The wicked have no peace. But those that are bringing righteousness, then peace comes. And a joy in the Holy Spirit comes to us. Man, that excites me. But when we're excellent at what's good... And we're innocent about what is evil. The God of peace will soon crush Satan underneath your feet. Hey, baby, underneath your feet. If you're going through a struggle, if you're going through a battle, if you're going through a hardship, if you're going through a season, if you're in a funk, I'm telling you that if we'll be excellent at what is good and so God's righteousness... If we'll be innocent of evil, then the peace which passes all understanding will guard our hearts and will guard our minds in those things. And then the joy of the Lord will become the strength of God's people. And the Bible says that the joy of the Lord is my strength. Strength. How many of you need some strength today? I've given you the road map. I want you to look the devil in the eye. I want you to look your conflict in the eye. I want you to look your lack in the eye. I want you to look your sickness in the eye. I want you to look your problem in the eye and say the God of peace is going to crush you underneath my feet. Don't worry. Be happy. Every little thing is going to be all right. It's going to be all right. I want to encourage you today. I want to encourage you. You know, in our community, man, you hit about 
February, man, 13 days, no sun. We're sick of the cold. How many's had that stupid flu go through your house that's knocked you silly for weeks and we're fighting, we're not giving up? All this stuff's happening. But God said, Brian, I'm going to lift people up today. I'm going to be the glory, victory, and the lifter of everybody's head today. If your head is down, look up, my brother, look up, my sister, for your redemption draweth nigh. Job, in the middle of all of his problems, he lost his kids, he lost his finances, his, all of his houses burnt down, all of his money was gone. He was sitting in a bowl with a shell, scraping scales off his sick body. With his wife yelling at him, saying, Job, just curse God and die. And he said, as long as the, my Redeemer, as long as the Lord be with me, I'll never use my lips to curse God. Away from me with that. Away from me with that. And then Job lifted up his voice. And he says, I know that all this is going on, but I know this, that my Redeemer lives. My Redeemer lives. We are, worship team, we are God's peacemakers on the earth. Christ's ambassadors. Christ's carriers of righteousness. Christ's diffusers of grace, knowledge, wisdom. Wisdom. Even my friend Bill back there. Hey, Bill. Everybody look at Bill. Hey, Bill. Man, when, I, when I'm confused in my head, Jim, you helped me last week. Sometimes when I get cobwebs in my head and I get confused a little bit, I have to call Buddy. I have to call Buddy up. And when I call, the other day I called Bill and I was like, I need to talk to you about these things. That guy is outside of it, and he always brings a solution. He always brings an answer. And every time I got something, I know where to go. Because I always get that right direction when I talk to Bill. But you know what the, he is? He's a carrier of righteousness. And where I didn't have peace, I have peace. And then I start living with joy in the Holy Spirit. But he's a carrier of, this is the way, walk in it, Brian. This is what I think God's trying to say to you. Man, Ken, super job today. That took courage doing what you did today. It took courage. <laughs> Guys, we're growing larger on Sunday mornings, but we got to grow smaller in this church through groups. But every one of you have a bill that God wants to put in your life that you can bounce things off. But I want you to say, guys, we are peacemakers. Say, say I am a peacemaker. I'm a carrier of righteousness. I'm a carrier of God's word of truth. And I can bring, through God, I can bring peace and joy into my world. What's the Holy Spirit saying to you?
every head bowed and eyes closed today, how can you act on God's word today? Something that Church on the Rock will never do is we'll never preach a message and not challenge you to act. Because the Bible's real clear that says that we aren't just supposed to hear the word. We need to be a doer of the word. All across this room, how many heard something today and the Holy Spirit speaking to your heart on something you can do with this message? Let me see your hands all over the place. Something I can do with this message. I want to be a doer. If you're here right now and you carry, you are in a shame cycle. You're in a sin cycle that you can't seem to break. And you are afraid that if anybody knew, if anybody knew what was really up with you, they wouldn't love you and they'd judge you and they'd push you away like Ken said. If any of you are in a sin sin cycle, the first thing you got to do is get personal peace. If you're having inner conflict, if you're having an inner struggle, if you're having sinful anxiety, you, you can't get peace until righteousness comes into that area. Right now, all across this room, I feel the Holy Spirit going in rooms of your heart that have been off limits. With every head bowed and eyes closed, I really feel the Holy Spirit say, pause. And I want you to open a door. I'm not even going to ask you to raise your hand. It's between you and God. If there's an area of your life that you have sinful anxiety or you have conflict, I want you to open that door and ask Jesus to come in and cleanse you. Bring his purity. I want you to take your sin and I want you to put it on the Lamb of God. Put it on the Lamb. And then I want you to put your hands out to Dad, Father God, and receive his righteousness. Right now, the Bible says that the abundance of grace, the Bible says that we rule and reign in Christ through the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. Oh, thank you, God. Oh, I feel the Holy Spirit strong. Some of you are feeling your shame leave, and you're feeling clean. You're feeling whole. You're feeling accepted. You're feeling a peace. Now let that joy fill those cracks and those crevices. Let the joy of the Lord be your strength. Thank him for his forgiveness. Thank him for his goodness. Thank him for his mercy. We all need it. Pastor needs it. In fact, I think the closer I get to God, the more I need him. The Lord would say unto you, you do not frustrate me. I'm not angry with you. You don't disgust me. I'm your father, and I love you. Come unto me, all you that are laboring are heavy burden. Jesus says, I'll give you rest. Take my, take my yoke. Learn of me. Learn of me. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. If you're here today, and that's the first time that you've asked Jesus into your heart, Every head bowed and eyes closed. Who said that I invited Jesus into my heart right, right there? Lift up your hand all across this place. Lift up your hand if you invited Christ into your heart while we prayed right there. Anybody do that for the first time? Amen. I see your hand. Anybody else? 
You never pray alone at Church on the Rock. That person that raised their hand and said, I want to accept Jesus into my heart. I want to accept his righteousness. Everybody pray with me. Father, in Jesus' name. Pray with me. Father, in Jesus' name. We come to you. And Lord, today, I put my sin on you and I receive your righteousness. And I ask you, Jesus, to come into my heart. Be Lord of my life. Straighten my crooked path. I'm coming after you, Lord. I believe you died and rose from the dead. And I'm saved. In Jesus' name. Somebody give the Lord a hand clap today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Hey, I think we preach everybody happy today. Amen. How many is happy in Jesus today? Thank you, Lord. Hey, Jesus said my house is a house of prayer. So we always end our services at Church on the Rock with our prayer team coming up. You can come up and be prayed for for anything and everything. They'll not judge you. They'll not condemn you. They'll, you know what they'll do? They'll sow scripture and righteousness to you. They'll pray for you, and you'll get peace, and you'll leave with greater joy. That's what they do. If you got a bad report from a doctor, come. Be prayed for today. Y'all with me? So we're going to do that. And the other thing we're going to do today, today is our annual Church on the Rock business meeting. We are celebrating 10 years in this building. 10 years as a church. And um, today is the annual business meeting. So if you are a member... You guys go to that corner, go to the corner members. Members go to the corner and sign in because we got to get a voting quorum and we're going to vote on some stuff. We're going to give reports. And here's what else I want to say. We've been having, we've had like 60 people come through our new comers class at Church on the Rock. If they're new to Church on the Rock and they want to know more about it, we're getting a lot of questions about finances. How are the finances done? How is money spent? Um, how are how's the things like that done in the church and the reason is there's been churches around that maybe you've lost um, how confidence in maybe or something like that like some people thought I own this church I'm like I don't own this church <laughs> this is your church it's it this isn't my church some people are like think I own this church I don't own this church but but we're gonna talk about all that stuff because you need to be comfortable in the church if God's called you to be at this church and you're not a member we bought extra food if you want to stay I think the meeting will last about an hour but but members if you could go sign up they're gonna open the food back but all are welcome all are welcome today all right God bless you prayer team go ahead and come up don't miss that moment if God was telling you that you needed prayer today that you were to come up for prayer I want you to come do that. God bless you. We'll start the business meeting in about 15.